The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. And all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them, one from the other, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right, and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill. And you cared for me in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for the least brothers of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. And then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? And he will answer them, Amen, I say to you, What you did not do for one of the least, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Yesterday, 
we buried an elderly Montagnard gentleman by the name of Blim Ney. He had spent five years in a concentration camp, a communist concentration camp, a communist work camp in Vietnam. Some from that community have spent more. The purpose of such camps is to crush human dignity, to deny it, and if possible, to destroy it. Although you can never really destroy it. I remember a priest in Cleveland who was the poet laureate of Slovakia. Communist agents were always watching him. When his father died, he could go to Austria and stand on a hill and watch his father's funeral procession. But he couldn't attend because he would have been arrested. Sometime read the life of Cardinal Menzenti and what the communist authorities did to him in Hungary. I once met a Jewish violinist in Dallas who spoke of the horrors he went through in Hitler's Germany to the point where there were certain pieces of music he wouldn't play on the violin because it reminded him of those days. I knew an organist once. I was told by a priest who knew him very well how he had escaped from the Soviet Union at the end of the Second World War he and a group of other men, in the snow, how they would just leave the bodies of the dead behind. He said, the man won't tell the story to many people because he's still afraid. And that was in the early 70s. It's amazing how the totalitarian isms of the last century and this century want to destroy the value of the individual. Human dignity means nothing. As one bishop put it, individuals are just so many grapes to be trampled and crushed into the wine for the totalitarian state. That's all they're good for. But why would we think the individual has dignity at all anyway? If we're a materialist, what difference does it make? Why am I any different than a rock? Because I can think? Or is even that determined? by my material. Why would Hitler's Germany or Stalin's Russia be evil places if there is nothing but matter? Why would the human being have any real dignity at all? Where would it come from? Why should we recognize it? You see often that that seems to be coming, be becoming more and more the case in our world. Why, for instance, would other religions ignore that and Christianity would not? Why, for instance, would Mother Teresa and her sisters pick up a dying person on the streets of Calcutta when hundreds or perhaps thousands of people walk by them and hardly even notice them if they did at all? What would make any difference? The difference comes in the reality of God. We are told in Scripture 
We are in the Old Testament to love God and to love our neighbor. Our Lord has mentioned that several Sundays ago in the Gospel. All right? Why? The book of Genesis tells us he created us in the image and likeness of God. In the image and likeness of God, he created them. We alone with the angels have a dignity that comes from being made in his image and likeness. We have the intellect for truth and the will for love. Other creatures don't have that. They may have affection. An animal can show affection. It has feelings. But those are, in, those are part of the body. Feelings are part of the body, not of the intellect or the will. We are different. We should see each other as being different. We had that dignity, even if sometimes we would seem to ignore it or reject it. Our Lord speaks of it in today's Gospel. This is the very end of the Lord's public life before he goes into his passion in the Gospel of St. Matthew. These are the last words he speaks before the passion narratives begin. And notice, it's a matter of works. As St. James reminds us, faith without works is dead. In fact, it isn't faith at all. It's simply the ascent of the intellect. And that's not enough. So our Lord then gives us this view of the final judgment. There will be a final judgment, he tells us. You will all have to pass for judgment. First, there's a particular judgment when we die and are judged. At the end, there will be the general judgment when all that God has done will be made clear. And then there will be heaven or hell. And he uses these examples, very, very specific examples, uh, that we've listened to just now. And he tells them, and they say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink, and so on? And the king will say to them in reply, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did to one of the least of my brothers, you did for me. The least? Why would he mention the least? Because he himself became the least. He became the least. That's how he recognizes himself in the least. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at, but rather took the likeness of a slave. Slave, a doulos in Greek. Slave, that's not just a servant. A slave who does dirty work, ugly work. He was born in the likeness of men. He was known to be of human estate, and it was thus that he humbled himself, obediently accepting even death, death on a cross. Remember that no Roman citizen could be crucified. It was beneath the dignity of a Roman which is why St. Peter was crucified and St. Paul was beheaded. He was a Roman citizen. He had that dignity. Constantine eventually abolished crucifixion because our Lord had died in that way. So our Lord tells us, you did it for me. You must see me in all of these people. That's not so easy to do, is it? Mother Teresa's sisters found that out too. There's a great deal of difference between the poverty of the third world and the poverty of drugs and prostitution. And you can't deal with them in the same way either. You can't always just give money. It's, sometimes that's the worst thing you can do. You have to look at each person with love, each person with charity. And sometimes, though, you have to be very direct, sometimes even stern, because love demands it. Parents know that, but we all know that. 
Nevertheless, the love has to be there because that's what we see. We see him. If you go into a Benedictine monastery, Belmont is an example, you will see a sign saying, you are to treat each guest as though they were Christ. That's how you treat them. Uh, Because, in a sense, they are. That's what love is all about. And how did he show it? He showed what love means by assuming our nature and going to the cross. That's what love means, and that's the love that we have to have, because that love is different even than the Old Testament love. That raises the Old Testament to something incredibly new, and we have a grace that wasn't there before, the grace to love as people could not love. Sometimes you'll hear people say, oh, really? Well, Hitler was baptized. So was St. Francis. Castro, Mussolini, Stalin were baptized. So was Mother Teresa. So was John Paul II. And so on and so on. The question is, what do we do with the grace of our baptism? What do we do with the grace of the Eucharist? If that is love, and it is, if that raises human dignity to something even greater, we can actually take that God into ourselves in the flesh, that changes things too, doesn't it? We become radically different, which is why there can be many good people out there. But without this, we will never be able to love as perfectly as God wants us to love. Can't do it. Uh, which brings us back to the final solution of Mother Teresa. I mentioned this many times, and I will continue to mention it many, many times. It's such a simple solution. Um, when people, I told you how that priest once asked her on a television program how, how she could deal with people like that. And she said, oh, is that the way they are? I never noticed. And then she gave us her formula for charity. She said, I spend an hour before the Blessed Sacrament every morning. I go to Mass. I receive communion. And from then on, every person I encounter is Christ. Simple, isn't it? Um, you'd think it would be simple for all of us. Uh, but it demands a great courage, too, doesn't it? And an incredibly great humility to do it. So, I stumbled across a, a Latin hymn yesterday um, that happily had been translated by somebody else. And there was one verse that struck me. Uh, I was in the office for uh, evening prayer one of Sundays. It said, When Christ the Judge Supreme appears to sift the present and the past, May we, his servants, also thrill with joy and peace to see his face at last. I like that thought about judgment. When Christ the Judge Supreme appears to sift the present and the past, may we, his servants, thrill with joy and peace to see his face at last. May that be our judgment. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you, rejoicing in the kingship of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of Christ the King coming into his world with love and with peace, especially the Church persecuted and suffering. We pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, especially our own, that they may recognize Jesus Christ,
come in the flesh and recognize his kingship, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, those who bear the cross of Christ in any way, they they may know that they are united to his kingship. For those who have lost faith, for those who have lost Christ, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For greater respect for human life, being made in the image and likeness of God, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, those young men and women who, inspired by the message of the cross, will follow Christ the King, for a greater reverence for the witness of marriage and a single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, that having become perfect in charity, they may then proclaim the kingdom of God, we pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, all the souls in purgatory, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. They will be finally united perfectly to Christ the King, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that through the Eucharist we receive, we may, receive, we may see Jesus Christ in all people. We pray to the Lord. And today we are going to sing the Christus Vincit, uh, which is in your uh, programs, uh, three times recognizing Christ as King. Christ, 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 Christ,